0: This is MPB News.
1: Hi, this is Ashley Norwood. Thanks for checking out the At Issue podcast. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, or leave a comment. Subscribe to this and other MPB News productions, like Mississippi Edition, to stay up to date. Don't forget to tell your friends about us, too. You can also watch At Issue on MPB TV, Friday nights at 730 or on npbonline.org. Thanks for listening.
2: Hello and thank you for joining us. I'm Wilson Stribling. Welcome to another edition of At Issue, where we discuss and debate the issues facing the state of Mississippi and how these issues impact you. It's the eighth week of the 2021 Mississippi legislative session and lawmakers in the House passed a plan to eliminate the state's income tax. House Bill 1439, called the Mississippi Tax Freedom Act of 2021, passed the House by a vote of 85 to 34 on Tuesday. Prior to the vote, Republican House Speaker Philip Gunn called it a historic day for policy in Mississippi
3: Uh, this is an exciting day I think in Mississippi this is uh, probably the most historic policy change that's ever been done at least in my political career Uh, today we're talking about the Mississippi Tax Freedom Act of 2021 The, the purpose of this legislation as many of you have already heard is to eliminate the income tax in the state of Mississippi for every Mississippian who pays an income tax. Today is the day that we start down that road to eliminate that burden for you. And I'm excited to stand here before you today and tell you the details of this and uh, hopefully let, let you understand exactly how we propose to do this. This uh, this entire plan is based upon what I deem to be sound tax policy. Many of you will remember uh, four or five years ago, we held a series of, of hearings in the summertime. One of those was to deal with tax structure, tax policy, just basic tax ideas. We had experts come in from Washington, the Tax Foundation, and other conservative think tanks that talked about what makes good tax policy. And and as many of you will recall, the, the advice was to move away from taxes on productivity, which would be an income tax and move toward taxes on consumption. Their advice was the, the, the better tax policy, the more sound tax policy for states is or those states that have a, a tax structure based upon consumption, sales taxes, use taxes, things of that nature. So their advice was to the extent that you can, you need to move away from income taxes and toward consumption taxes. That is the, the, the foundation for what we have attempted to do in this plan.
2: If the plan becomes law, legislators say $1.9 billion of income and in grocery taxes will be returned to Mississippians once it's fully phased in after 10 years. In year one of the plan, the state sales tax on groceries, which is currently seven cents, would be cut in half. By 2027, it would be reduced to three and a half cents. Also in year one of the plan, Mississippians who make $50,000 a year or less would not have to pay any state income tax. According to Speaker Gunn, that's nearly 60% of all residents. Couples making up to $100,000 a year would also be exempt from the state income tax. Five years into this plan, any Mississippian who makes $100,000 or less would pay no state income tax. Speaker Gunn says that's more than 80 percent of current taxpayers. Within 10 years, he says, the state's income tax could be completely eliminated for all Mississippians. But that lost tax revenue has to be made up somewhere. The bill proposes increasing the sales tax on most retail items from seven percent to 9.5%. The sales tax on other items currently taxed at 5% or less, like manufacturing machinery vehicles and airplanes and cars. Those would be increased by two and a half percentage points. The House Democratic leader, Robert Johnson of Natchez, stood with Speaker Gunn and a dozen Republican representatives. He said he and other Democrats are continuing to study the 300-plus page proposal, but he's encouraged by the overall outline, offering a tax cut for working Mississippians.
4: We didn't want to see any cuts in the budget. We wanted it to be a wash where, that, where you were replacing money you were taking out of the budget. We still need roads build, built. We still need teachers to have a pay raise. We, st- need, we still need infrastructure in the school. Meeting with the, uh, with the speaker, uh, what I like about the bill is that you are providing a tax cut for working people people who make $50,000 or less, couples who make $100,000 or less. This is, not a, this is not a cut for big business. In fact, there are, I'm encouraged by the fact that there are people who hadn't been paying a requisite amount of tax, this is me talking, not the speaker talking, have not been paying a requisite amount of tax, and now it's gonna be taxed. that hadn't been taxed before. Manufacturers, people in the industry, tobacco, they have a lower tax, automobile dealers, uh, mobile home manufacturers. All these people get taxed at a lower rate than individuals in this state. The speaker has has identified, this committee has identified that that is a burden that they could share a little bit more. And so that is that it won't all be on Mississippi individual taxpayers. We're also concerned about the fact that the sales tax is the most regressive tax. But of that part of the sales tax, the most regressive part of that tax is the grocery tax. And we've agreed that that needs to be cut. And that's going, going to be cut. Uh, I'm going to tell you, as a Democrat, I keep looking at this bill and looking for the Trojan horse, looking for the trick, because it, it, uh, I don't want to get them in trouble. But it sounds more like something I would write than something they would write. And so, but I'm encouraged. I know, that I know it doesn't <laughs> help me. But what I'm encouraged by is that this is a bill for people who don't have a lobbyist or a representative here. This is a bill for working people in the state of Mississippi. And I, I will con- we're going to continue to look at it. We're going to meet today with people in my caucus who are continuing to read the bill. But right now I'm going to tell you the biggest concerns that we have have been addressed and we're going to continue to look, look forward to working with the, the house and the speaker.
2: Other Democrats are concerned that the measure was passed hastily and without much study. The bill now moves to the Senate during a press conference. Only minutes after passage, Republican governor Tate Reeves said he is satisfied to see lawmakers move to eliminate the state income tax. But he said he finds some parts of the bill troublesome.
0: I've, uh, spoken uh, repeatedly about the need to uh, to do something big and eliminate the income tax. Uh, we started that process uh, five years ago by eliminating the 3% individual income tax bracket. That's a very good start. Um, and the the goal that the um, House leadership says that they have of eliminating the income tax is one uh, that we strongly share, and, and, and I'm very glad for that. Um, I think the Um, The pieces of that particular plan uh, that raise taxes on individuals um, are problematic. And I think what's even more problematic, and and this is something uh, that um, y'all hadn't written a lot about, I guess because it was done uh, in a Zoom meeting or something, uh, but the the nearly $2.5 billion gas tax increase uh, that passed out of committee, I'm very concerned about that. Um, That is not something that is... Is good uh, for uh, the taxpayers of the state. Um, and so, you know, it's very early in the process, and, and I am I am very glad that, that they are talking about eliminating the income tax. I'm glad that more and more uh, of my uh, fellow uh, Republicans are talking about the elimination of the income tax, and, and we'll see uh, where it goes from here. I personally support uh, tax cuts, not tax swaps or tax transfers or Tax increases, and so um, as we move through the process, that's what we're going to be focused on is, is finding a way to get to a net tax cut for Mississippi taxpayers, and I'm very, very interested in that.
2: The Mississippi House is now backing away from a proposal for a statewide election on increasing the tax on gasoline and diesel fuels. The idea was to generate more money for improvements to state highways and local roads. House Bill 1364 died Wednesday when the House did not vote on it before a deadline. Mississippi's motor fuel tax has been 18.4 cents a gallon since 1987. Transportation officials say it does not generate enough revenue for highway construction and repairs. The bill proposed a statewide election on increasing the gas tax by 10 cents a gallon and the diesel fuel tax by 14 cents a gallon. Tax exemption proposals that advocates say are disproportionately impacting low-income families and women of color also died this week. House Bill 1238, that is, and Senate Bill 2709 would have exempted feminine care and contraceptive products, baby formula, and diapers from the state's current 7% sales tax, which is the highest rate on such items in the nation. The sales tax on menstrual products, often referred to as the pink tax, has been eliminated in 20 states. Asia Brown of Vicksburg co-founded the grassroots group 601 for period equity. The 19 year old college student talked with at issue producer Ashley Norwood.
1: In terms of this issue, who do you see it in, it affecting most in Mississippi and how?
5: Um, so just like almost all other issues in the state, um, black and brown folks are impacted the most low income folks you know, people who are disabled, people with varying gender identities and sexualities, the most marginalized in the state of Mississippi are always the ones who are the most impacted. Um, So I feel like, you know, this is just, this is not something new, you know, in every facet of Mississippi life, the most marginalized communities are hit the hardest. Um, Because we unfortunately are hit the hardest by poverty and things like the sales tax is what keeps people from having access to these products among a plethora of other things. But um, the sales tax definitely is a barrier or just the fact that these products are even um, something that we have to buy in the first place.
2: Anti-hazing legislation is making its way through the legislature. House Bill 6 passed the House and now heads to the Senate. The measure would require the State College Board to create a uniform policy against hazing for all universities. It defines hazing as any reckless act causing physical or emotional harm to another person. House Democrat Greg Holloway is on the Universities and Colleges Committee.
0: When they take it to the extreme, it becomes a very serious uh, problem. And then it, 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 it's a situation where it, uh, it's a matter of life uh, and death, uh, either permanent injury or um, a permanent uh, uh, sickness or illness. I mean, it's a very uh, serious situation. They make you do things like drink uh, alcohol to the extent that you can't drink anymore. Uh, they have you, uh, if you're not a smoker, then they have you, To smoke cigarettes, and they may have you to do some very uh, unscrupulous things that's really against your uh, will and against your nature. So it is a very, very serious problem on college campuses and universities and organizations that.
2: If this bill becomes law, the College Board would have to implement a uniform policy for universities by August. Another bill heading to the Senate, House Bill 5, would fine organizations that knew of hazing but did not report it, up to $10,000. Organizations would also lose any public dollars they receive. Studies show nearly 60% of college students involved in fraternities or sororities, athletic teams or other social clubs experience some form of hazing. Today, the Mississippi Department of Health is reporting 731 new cases of the coronavirus and 25 additional deaths. That brings the totals in Mississippi to nearly 295,000 cases and more than 6,600 deaths over the course of the pandemic so far. Governor Tate Reeves announced earlier this week the expansion of vaccine eligibility in Mississippi. Teachers, school employees, and first responders can now schedule a coronavirus vaccine appointment regardless of age or health condition. Mississippi's vaccination sites have been operating at a higher volume this week. Thousands of appointments that had been scheduled during last week's historic winter storm were rescheduled for this week. The state health officer, Dr. Thomas Dobbs, says the delay last week will not have a lasting impact on the state's long-term goals. He says there's a declining trend in COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations, thanks in part to the continued rollout of COVID-19 vaccines. We're starting to see a downtrend in our COVID cases, and we think most of that's because of behavioral changes, but we're also starting to see some impact, we think, from the vaccination. And if you think about, we now have almost half of all our 75 and older crowd immunized in Mississippi, and almost 40% 65 and older, that's gonna pay real dividends going forward. But we, we can't stop now. We gotta keep pushing the mark past, you know, that 60, 70, 80% mark so that we can protect more people broadly making great progress. We'll give well over 100,000 shots this week we believe. And as much as we get in, we're gonna get it out. We just need folks to give it to. So please go ahead and get vaccinated. Dobbs says the single shot vaccine developed by Johnson and Johnson will likely become available to Mississippians as early as next week. So let's get straight to the point with views from both sides of the aisle. Brandon Jones is an attorney and former Democratic member of the House. Austin Barber is a national Republican strategist and founder of the Clearwater Group. Austin, Brandon, good to have you back with us again this week after we had to take last week off because of the winter storm. Uh, it was uh, tough to get a crew together. Let's talk about this tax bill, 300 plus pages. It's a big uh, it's a big deal. It's gonna take a while to uh, to talk all the way, our way through it. Um, the governor mentioned that he's not in favor of a tax shift. Is that not what this is, Austin? Because we're talking about uh, re- eliminating the state income tax, raising the sales tax, pulling back on this tax, raising this one. It sounds like just a bunch of moving, uh, moving things around.
6: I think it's prioritizing. First of all, uh, Speaker Gun, Trey Lamar, uh, I believe Jason White was was a, was also one of the sponsors of this bill. They deserve a lot of credit. They've been working on this. this they didn't wake up uh, last Tuesday and go, "Hey, let's work on this." This has put weeks and weeks of time into this bill, probably months and months to be to be quite fair, and they deserve credit. Look, conservatives like me, we want this. I've said this before. We want to have. A debate, a real discussion about tax reform, about how do we lower taxes? How do we make Mississippi a place where people want to come live? Start a business, raise a family, and obviously ultimately retire. And I and I think this is one step towards uh, towards making Mississippi that kind of place. Just one small step. Of course, not everybody's going to be happy with everything that's in this bill. There are a lot of good parts in this. You specifically asked me though: Is this a tax shift? Is that what this is? Mm-hmm. I think this is f- trying to focus on consumption taxes. Conservatives believe let's be let's let's focus more on consumption taxes, which. If I consume an item, if I go buy a box of donuts because I have an addiction to donuts, I'm going to have to consume more taxes. Okay. I'm going to have to pay more taxes for that. But don't raise my taxes based on how much money I make. Um, That is obviously a regressive tax that conservatives are not in favor of. So when they are working on this pathway to eliminate the state income taxes that all of us have to pay because we make money in Mississippi, we believe that's a good thing and if we have to do this in sort of um a, a, a safer way a more responsible way of well let's shift some taxes over here to increase it uh, because of consumption because it's a sales tax that that's a good start for this debate
7: I think it's it process tells you a lot sometimes when you're analyzing bills like this this is a 308 page bill that was introduced at 5 p.m on Monday night and passed out of committee at 545 and then brought up on the floor the following day, less than 24 hours later. Now, I have confidence in some of our members of the legislature, but I do not have confidence that 122 members digested 308 pages of hardcore tax legislation in that period of time. So I think from a process standpoint, it is fair to say why was there not a little bit more advanced notice given, and why didn't people have more time to sink their teeth into this? And and we heard some of that from the members on the floor. Uh, you know Austin you talked a little bit about tax policy I think it's worth I'm gonna gonna jargon check you here I think of sales taxes as being regressive taxes and taxes on income and things of that nature as being progressive taxes we talk a lot about you know how we want to do tax reform of some kind or another but in a state like ours in a state like Mississippi where we struggle to pay some of our basic bills those bills like that make has have roads and bridges that work and and Medicaid and, and then our schools um you, you have to people don't no one likes to talk about paying taxes, but everyone benefits from the things that taxes pay for. And so I think we have to keep our eyes on where we are and we're in the middle of a pandemic and so many challenges. but let, let's let's say with the speed with which this bill came out and with the comments that we heard from the governor a moment ago, it's pretty evident that there was not a lot of crosstalk between house leadership and the governor's office. and I hear the same is true with the Senate. To me, as an observer of the process, that makes me think that maybe passing this bill is not the thing, but maybe there are some underlying politics at work here. Maybe it's to make a point. Maybe it's to advance some part of this, but it just feels, Austin, like... Maybe the idea is not that something passed this year, but that a point be made. I don't
6: know. I mean, listen, you were a member of the legislature. Um, You you were a guy who got elected at an early age. You're still young, though, Um, (laughs) um, even though, you know, as we wake up every day, we feel a little bit older. But you were there to get things done. Okay, and I think that these these gentlemen are there to get things done. I don't think this is just an attempt. Well, let's just let's go and let's pass this out of the House, and eh, you know, if it happens in the Senate and the government, whatever. No, I think they really want to try to do this. Uh, I think there's definitively a, a, an attempt to do it. Listen, I I am a believer in lower taxes. I, I am. I would. I wish. I wish I felt comfortable. You know, I'm always going to be candid and transparent. I wish I felt comfortable to say. Let's just eliminate the sales tax. Let's en- eliminate our income tax and have nothing over here to try to protect us, protect the general fund, protect the priority projects, infrastructure, healthcare, education that need to make sure that there's money there to, to, that we got to spend on those, the, particularly those three priorities. Um, so if you, eliminated, if you eliminated the income tax but you didn't have something over here to balance the scales of, in, in a little bit, which obviously they're doing by raising sales tax 2.5%, That would just concern me. I wish that we could go do that. And maybe one day we possibly can get to that point. But I think that this is just a way to try to eliminate this income tax make mississippi a place where young people in their 20s and their 30s who are making good money now who are entrepreneurs want to come there because i don't i can go there cost of living's cheap i don't have to pay sales i don't have to pay income tax let me go there and start the next business we need to be a hub for for those types of individuals and this is just a
2: balanced YOU KNOW, SEMI-RESPONSIBLE APPROACH TO TRYING TO DO THAT. IS IT WORTH IT, THOUGH, to, IN EXCHANGE FOR the, THE ELIMINATION OF THE STATE INCOME TAX TO HAVE A NINE AND A HALF PERCENT SALES TAX rate?
6: That, that, THAT WOULD BE EQUIVALENT TO PROBABLY WHAT THE STATE OF TENNESSEE DOES. LISTEN, THERE ARE NINE STATES. I THINK THERE ARE NINE of TEN STATES ACROSS THE COUNTRY THAT DON'T HAVE INCOME TAX. Right? THEY DON'T HAVE STATE INCOME TAX. THEY HAVE NO CONTROL OF THE FEDERAL GOVERNMENT. THEY HAVE OTHER THINGS THAT BALANCE THOSE OFF. It, TEXAS DOES NOT HAVE INCOME TAX. You ever looked at how much property taxes are in Texas? They're ridiculously high. Tennessee, no state income tax, but their, their sales tax is 9.5%. That was the way their legislatur- legislatures got to that balancing act.
2: So what, the governor's not interested in that, though, and, and it, it creates a hole. The, He's not interested, the, he said, in filling the hole, so what do you do? The governor has clearly
6: stated, he, we just heard the clip a moment ago, that he wants to try to get to an elimination of, a, of our state income tax, but by not raising any other taxes. That is the debate that we need to have as a conservative, as a Republican. I'm glad we're having that debate. And the process will continue to move on, and, and we'll see where it goes. Brandon, you know how this, this train... It's nowhere near ready to stop.
7: Yeah, there are some cautionary tales in this space. And you know, as I hear the governor talk about let's just drop the income tax with nothing else to to do in the tax space, We've seen states that do that. We we know how that story ends up. Governor Brownback had the same idea seven years ago, or it's about seven or 80 years ago, and uh, what ended up happening was he was voted out of office, the the state economy collapsed, and then they had to go back to the income tax. And so you're right, Austin. People do care about the amount of income taxes they pay. There's no question about that. It does factor in to decisions that people make, but I think also quality of life factors into the decisions that people make. What kind of state do you have when you get there? You know, if I'm investing a business into a state like Mississippi. I want to know that I have schools that my employees can send their kids to. I want to know that they're going to have nice roads to go down. I want to know there's going to be nice commerce. So it's an entire package of things that you have to look at when you're selling your state. And
6: my friend, I totally agree with you. That's why we must have priorities. We don't have unlimited cash here like yeah. Texas may have or Florida may have or Tennessee and Nashville may have. So we have to set priorities for the things that we've discussed. And obviously one of their priorities now is to do this. And I have to say there are a lot of there are a lot of p- people in the business community who are concerned about this bill. Okay. Mm-hmm. They may not be openly saying you know, uh, I'm 100% against this, but they are certainly asking questions, trying to learn more. So it, 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 it's not like this is just some slippery slope where this thing's going to go downhill and easily get passed in the Senate and on to the governor. But again, you have to applaud uh, Trey Lamar and uh, and the Speaker and Jason White for their approach to moving this forward, to having this debate. It's been a very important first step.
7: They certainly have floated some test balloons, but with, with due respect, I'm—, I'm I'm not going to applaud them just yet. It's an idea. I don't know if it's a good one. There are a couple things in here that we haven't talked about. Um, Wilson, if you're an older person who's retired, you're not paying much income tax to begin with. So that increase in sales tax is a big deal. So this is a new tax for those folks. And then we haven't even talked about this yet, Austin. There is a part of this bill that has nothing to do with taxes whatsoever. And it's the teacher pay raise stuck right in the middle of this bill.
2: Why? Why is it there? Why in this bill? Because the Senate's already passed a teacher pay raise bill, right? Austin's going to have some nice shucking
7: job on this. (laughs) But I'm going to tell you, you don't put this in the bill unless you're trying to force something down the throats of members. So what you're saying is, look, you want a teacher pay raise? We know that's politically popular. We know the time is right to do that. You better vote for my tax bill.
6: Yeah, I have no idea, but I do want to say the the older person who may be a retired state employee, county employee, city employee, who's not paying any income taxes right now, maybe 70 something years old or so. Yes, they're going to pay more in obviously sales tax. BUT THEY WILL SEE THIS REDUCTION IN THE GROCERY TAX. THE ARGUMENT MAY BE THAT INDIVIDUAL, HE AND HIS WIFE, SHE AND HER HUSBAND, MAY SPEND MORE MONEY AT THE GROCERY STORE THAN THEY DO ON OTHER PLACES THAT JUST CHARGE SALES TAX. SO THIS MAY BE A WIN OR A, or a NEUTRAL
2: uh, EQUATION FOR THEM. BUT WE'LL SEE. ANOTHER TAX NOTE THAT'S A SEPARATE BILL WE ALREADY MENTIONED, That it WAS THE GAS TAX BILL WHICH, uh, which DID NOT uh, ADVANCE. Uh, But this is it was it moved significantly enough that uh, perhaps it would come up in the future. Do you think this is the last uh, we've heard, Austin, of a a gas tax bill?
6: I think in this session it is. The House clearly spoke, you know, the will of the House uh, clearly spoke and said we don't want to, you know, there's no appetite to vote on that uh, on the House floor uh, this
7: session. Republicans have painted themselves into a very difficult corner on the tax question. It, it, you know, it was politicized a long time ago. Grover Norquist has had developed an entire cottage industry on getting politicians to say, "You won't ever vote for any type of tax, no matter the circumstances." You heard Tate. Uh, Governor Reeves is, is an adherent of that church of no taxes. Um, what that does in policymaking is it limits a ton of options for you when you're trying to figure out what to do as a state. We have a road and bridge problem. The gas tax is what is used in other states to fix that. We can't say yes to it without making other people vote on it because we want political distance from it. We are in a tax problem in this state. We can't talk about it. Are tax uh, tax issues consuming the legislature right now? I, I think these issues, this this particular ball of tax that was passed by the House, has the potential to close down a lot of general bills, Austin. I think it's taken up the imagination and oxygen of the whole room. It, it,
6: it's obviously a big issue. You know, the Speaker and his leadership team have been working diligently on this issue, and and we will see uh, how it's received by the Lieutenant Governor and his leadership. Uh, group
2: we'll leave the ball of tax right there thank you gentlemen (laughs) we are out of time don't forget you can watch this program online or listen to the podcast at mpbonline.org for day-to-day coverage follow mpb news on twitter and facebook we thank you for joining us good night
1: for listening to the at issue podcast from mpb news if you haven't already subscribe to get new episodes weekly and don't forget to like rate and leave a review you can also stay in touch with mpb news on twitter and facebook for daily news check out the mississippi edition podcast thanks for listening